Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Getting Over Podcast. They come around fast but sometimes it seems like it's been a while. We're talking about what happened, the predictions last time. Do we crown a new champion? Tune in and find out. We're also talking about predictions for this time and this one's a special one because not one but two of our podcast members are going to be in attendance at Clash at the Castle. Find out what we think is going to happen. Find out what's going to be going on in the wrestling world, what's been going on in the wrestling world, and everything in between. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop, and if you've got a wrestling fan in your life, slide this podcast over to them. And let them enjoy it as well. Right, let's get going. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast getting over. Recording in progress. Welcome, welcome, and welcome just a little bit more to the only place to get your wrestling fix on CookieCast, the Getting Over podcast. Uh, we've reached episode number 47, and this month we're here to see how the team fared with the SummerSlam predictions, and just how we'll fare with Clash at the Castle predictions for this coming weekend. Uh, speaking of the team, let me introduce them to you. So, uh, we have the top dog of CookieCast itself, Mr. Andy Cook. Hi! Uh, football podcast host, Mr. Paul Williams. Good evening, everybody. And uh, podcast regular and the man I will be attending Clash at the Castle with live and in person, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are we all, gents? All good? All good. Yeah, pretty good. Excellent. Good, good. so uh, we'll start where we always do, with a predictions title. And coming into SummerSlam... It was a bit of a shocker because Paul was actually champion, and I mean this. This is almost—I I think it's probably only the second time, maybe in the history of the podcast. I think there'll be the Paul Williams equivalent listener who has got all the stats uh, of, of uh, the uh, of the, the the title history, and I'll be able to go back through it and work out. But I'm pretty sure I won one of the early rounds, and then again, so. Well, stats monkeys, do your business. You can uh, you can send us send us that in if you can. Uh, but yeah, Paul was champion. But would, would the hot streak continue? We did have some tinkering to the card. Riddle was unable to compete, even though him and Seth Rollins still had a bit, still had a bit of a scuffle, like mid event. Uh, but it did reduce our maximum possible points from nine to eight. And with that being said, it was one of the closest predictions battles we have ever seen on the podcast. And the scores are as such. If I tell you that three of the team finished on six out of eight, that'll tell you just how close this was. The question is, which three? I mean, clearly me, because I am always last at this game. So that was, I was one of the six. Um, Matt was another. And so was Paul. So Paul finished on six points, but does that mean Andy got a seven and won? Of course he did. It's Andy, isn't it? He always wins the predictions. So we're back. We're back to form, ladies and gentlemen, with a whopping seven out of eight, adding to that legend, legendary predictions record. Congratulations, Mr. Andy Cook. What's even better is now that they've made the switch to the Velcro on the back of the titles, that actually sounded like it was an actual title change there when he ripped it open and just thrust it across his shoulder. We're still talking about the... <laughs> just prized it from Paul's hand. He's coming up to that Ric Flair record, surely soon. Oh, I, I, I think we're way past 16 title changes and 16 raids at this point. Ric Flair's got nothing on Andy Cook, is the... Uh... I think that's the T-shirt, gents, right there. That is the T-shirt. But is is there then the uh, is there then the argument that you could say that the like um, like old Flair used to say the um, just because he's won it sixteen times means that he's 
lost it 16 times. So. <laughs> I'm still impressed that that title's actually holding up after all this time. <laughs> it never leaves the house, does it? It's, it's, it's not got many miles. It's not got many miles on it. <laughs> oh, you don't know the. Plow someone in the face or something like that. <laughs> but the sheer amount of minutes that took to put together is the uh, <laughs> is the key factor in the uh, longevity query. Anyway, news time. Returns, returns, returns. Last time out on the pod, we did ask the question: Where does Triple H go now? Now that he's got the creative control, would he stick with the hand that he had? Or would he try and get back some of the talent that was formally released whilst he was uh, out on his health scare uh, by the old regime? Well, we certainly got some of those answers now. Since the last podcast, we have seen quite the number of returns. Karrion Cross and Scarlett being thrown straight into the Universal title picture by taking out Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. Hit Row, or three quarters of them at least, because uh, one of them is signed to AEW. Uh, they returned to SmackDown also. Johnny Gargano has made his Raw debut. And then there's also the talk of the likes of Braun Strowman and possibly Bray Wyatt returning on the horizon. So, I mean, what do we think of the returns? Is, uh, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's happy. Yeah, I think, obviously, the, the Gargano one's probably the, uh, the, the, the the least surprising of the lot. Um, obviously, he was, he was regarded as one of Triple H's boys, wasn't he? So, I think that one was... That one was always pretty much likely to happen as soon as Triple H was given the the reins, so to speak. Um, probably most excited about the uh, Carrion Cross one because I, f- I feel like they dropped massively dropped the ball when they let him go in the first place. And Scarlett's a huge part of the package with him anyway. So why he wasn't well, sorry why she wasn't brought to the main roster with him in the first place is just baffling. So yeah, that- a massive part of the package. <laughs> Couldn't let that lie. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I agree with, uh, with Paul. Carrying Cross is definitely the, well, probably literally the biggest return as well out of all of those. Um, certainly deserves better than what he got the first time around. Um, if you haven't seen any of it recently, you'll be pleased to know that there is no leather gladiator outfit in sight this time around. And seemingly has been given um, sort of control of how he wants his character to develop. So, um, and, and the fact that to do his bidding is I think that was the thing like last time he was and it was the kind of case with a lot of the ones that had come up from NXT it was kind of like it was kind of like I've you know it's like, like someone sat there and thought right let's destroy everything that NXT's done by repackaging everybody who comes up to the roster by either renaming them or giving them a daft gimmick or you know completely changing who they are I know, like, the Scarlet thing was some health problem or something like that that had to be addressed as well. But, like, sending him up, changing his ring attire, changing any promos that he did, whereas they've just gone back to what made him intriguing in the first place. And, you know, the annoying thing is is that, it sounds awful, I hope they don't bring Braun Strowman back because he's not a very good wrestler. And the kind of concept of him is not particularly interesting, for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of people that can do what he does better. Um, you know, but you kind of think he could he could be that kind of big, you know, Cross could be the big person to challenge um, Reigns, as long as they do it right. I think that's the thing for me. It's got to kind of, and by, by what they've done so far, it looks like they're going to do it right. Um People I'd throw into the kind of thing that I'm glad that they kind of it's kind of insinuated that they were released and then brought back, but they'd obviously not been seen on TV for a while. Is um, Dakota Kai and um, um, Eo Sky? Her name is Eo Sky or something like yeah. that. Um, and aligning them with Bailey as well was a smart move, I think. Oh, we'll get to that. We will. We will get to that. Um. Yeah, agree with those as well. Dakota Kai was probably the most like surprising one for me. Um, seen a few um, like reports and stuff saying that twenty four hours before SummerSlam was when she got the call, and there she was, completely unemployed. She had been released, 
And then 24 hours later, there she is walking down the aisle with Bailey, and then one of the biggest names in NXT women's division, and probably of all time, never to have at that point made the main roster. Um, let's not forget that Io Sky is fucking mental. Like she, she is the woman that jumped off the top of a cage inside a bin. So she's not scared of like putting herself about to kind of get the uh, get the view. Sorry. It's a very PC way to put it, Stu. <laughs> but yeah, it was certainly an interesting character, and I think now that she's got that chance on the main roster, there's definitely more to come from that three. Um, okay, so speaking of the returns, we also have the return of first names. Uh, as recently, Matt Riddle has been given his map back, and uh, so is Austin Theory. So we can actually call them by the names that people know them and not have to spend all podcasts tripping up over it anymore. So that is great news for me particularly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just makes sense. Um, although it's probably not great for the people who make their gear because they've probably now got to make an absolute shit ton of new stuff again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll matter really because it's not as if they... It's not as if the gear is going to like, like be obsolete, is it? It's still got the main information they need on it. Depends if it's Matt Hardy's gear, I suppose. Anyway, um, so yeah, as as we always have to talk about releases every podcast, it's not just about returns this time, as there have been some releases. But this comes in the form of the announcement that um, NXT UK, as we know it, is due to close. Uh, so it's being rebranded. It's going to become NXT Europe to be launched sometime next year. They weren't very specific with the with the release, um, but in the meantime, a number of uh, notable names have been let go, including Shah uh, Samuels, Nina Samuels, Primate, Ashton Smith, Dave Mastiff, Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Boar, Jack Stars, and Matt's personal favourite. Mark Andrews, uh, and Eddie Dennis as well was another name. Um, so there, there has been a few more. That's not an extensive list. But a lot of the, the more recognisable names from NXT UK have, have seemingly gone. If they haven't gone, they've been dragged over to the, the States. For the weekend that the rest of the roster is in the UK, which is bizarre, uh, to, to do the NXT World Collide event on Sunday, which is basically the absorption of every NXT UK title into the main NXT um, brand, where Tyler Bates going to be going up against Bron Breaker. Uh, there's a triple threat match for both the NXT UK and the NXT women's titles. Um, I'm not sure if anything's been announced for the tags yet, but I'm sure that'll happen as well. Um, even though the tag titles possibly the, the NXT UK tag title are possibly the nicest looking titles in all of all of wrestling at the moment and they're probably going to go so hopefully they'll, they'll keep something similar when the, the Europe arm launches but I guess we shall see uh, how do we feel about the NXT UK thing? It's a bizarre one because I don't, for me it never really, unfortunately it was launched right before the pandemic or not long before the pandemic, and it was kind of like the proper week-by-week week kind of thing. Obviously, there's been bits before, and so it never really kind of hit the ground running, and then with all the changes going on, there was still like that lack of kind of thing, and I think it's one of those ones where I know they signed an exclusive deal with BT Sport to show the wrestling, and if it would have been, you know, and it, it would have been they would have signed with Sky if they hadn't signed with BT. It was something that needed to be on proper telly, and by proper telly, I mean like gas telly. I mean, you know, whatever's on your free for you box. And I know like ITV have signed with I have got AEW, but it should have been somewhere where it can be on TV. And I think it just lost that kind of luster, and unfortunately, a lot of the main protagonist kept on getting injured so Eddie Dennis never got a really good run because it was a one peck then another peck then another injury and then you know they kept on trying stuff so Tyler Bate was in and out of it um, 
you know, they took kind of Gunther away or uh, Walter um, uh, Dragunov uh, got um, got injured. It'll be interesting to see how many of the ones that have been released are then brought back into the Europe one. I don't think it's going to be as so exclusively UK because it wasn't that anyway. Because obviously they'd added, obviously they'd added um, Walter Gunther, they'd added Ilya Dragunov. They'd added Tierman, who was lucky kids uh, before. There was more. It was skewing that kind of Europe way. I don't know European wrestling particularly well. I know there's a lot of the WXW wrestlers that are, you know, obviously they're similar to Progress and uh, ICW over here. They're under the umbrella of owned by WWE but not owned by WWE but are WWE bitches basically um, and you know it's going to be interesting to see what they do with with that you know I would it's not going to be every single person who was in the NXT UK um, roster sign back but some of the higher performers will probably go back into that pool uh, it just won't be the free for all. I feel sorry for some of the some some wrestlers though, because there was some of them. I think like when I went to see North the first time it was back. I can't remember when that was. It wasn't that long ago. And Lizzie Evo, that was like a Scouse wrestler. She literally just signed for NXT UK, and so she's literally been there months, like three or four months, and then released. So there's people who joined NXT UK probably thinking they were set up for a bit and then are now back back on the indies or back back trying to have possibly having to find a job which is kind of pretty pretty difficult for them and and as as you kind of alluded to right at the beginning I, it is a complete it's because of the change in circumstances at the top I think that it would have probably have been put on the back burner and NXT UK would have probably have ticked along as slow paced as it might have been, just until they finally decided, you know what, yeah, we'll do that Europe thing now, Vince McMahon, you know, whatever. Whereas it seems to be more of, because it's a Triple H baby, it seems to be more more a priority. And, and to almost to create as much change as they possibly can now to get everything freshened up rather than doing it in stages, which you can understand like why they want to separate it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with them expanding it into Europe. It's just a little disappointing that they've had to almost close it completely rather than just adapting it, um, and that that would have been the difference for me. Um, I, I feel like that they've probably taken it as an opportunity to get some of the people that maybe didn't want to go to the states full time to go over there and perform. Um, there, there will be people that will have had that on their um, you know list of ambitions or whatever. But there are people that probably aren't ready for that that have now been dragged into it. The Blair Davenport. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think Tyler Bate will, will take to it like a fish to water. Um, he's got that experience already. Um, he's one of them ones that you're thinking, I'm surprised he wasn't there already. Mm. I don't know why he's not been. On the pandemic kind of aside, I'm surprised that he hasn't been put over there already I, I, you know, I, I thought it was when Dunn went over there I thought it was going to be weeks not weeks if not a month or so that he was soon over there as well and then we're like two three years down the line and it's only mm. just happened kind of thing I thought that would happen quicker yeah I was I was going to say the exact same thing he's, he's the sort of the surprise one for me like and then obviously when it came out that, that all the changes were being made that, that was the the least surprising of a lot that he was obviously being kept on, and uh, I, I don't know if it's a case of if they've asked him to relocate and he's, and he's already just agreed to it or, or what. But I'd be very surprised if he's not one of the mainstays in NXT moving forward. I think the, the one of, of the main ones I, I worry about, and, and obviously it's pending what happens with his injury. But Dragunov, I think, could very easily fall almost into that Cesaro category in the sense of he can he can go as good as anybody in the ring. 
but his promos might not quite cut it in that particular market. So I think he's got now he's got a bit of a layoff. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know though because his English is pretty good from what I've heard and stuff like and, that. And Mister Five Languages Cesaro can cut that. I don't think that was ever a case of his English not being very good. It was just obviously his, his style of delivery and things like that just didn't suit with what Vince well, I think that, that will be the problem with Dragunov, though. I think his delivery will be... His promos are weird. You know, and I don't mind them, but I think they might be too quirky for for an American audience, which is obviously yeah. thing, yeah. You never know, I suppose. Obviously, he's... The, the whole like sort of current situation, shall we say, probably not playing into his uh, his arms very much. But if if he is not the focus point of NXT Europe when it launches, I will be very surprised. To put it that way. Mm. I'm going to say, well, do you reckon he's another one where, like, obviously, I don't know what the what the extent of his injury is at the minute. Obviously, he's, he's so badly that they've had to take the title off him. But um, Jacket's one of those countries where he's reluctant to move to the States because he's fairly settled here or wherever it is that he lives currently. I mean, he has he has done a bit for him back and forth again, hasn't he? And I think he's he's probably done more at this stage in his WWE run than Walter did when he like was was on the, on the way up. But wasn't there loads of stuff about him at the time that he was? He, he, the, the whole point of why he was still in NXT UK was because of the reason he didn't want to move to America. Yeah, Walter, yeah. Yeah. That's obviously been ironed out now with a few... Uh, few <laughs> yeah, anyway, we, we, shall, we shall move on. We'll see how that one, keep an eye on that one and see how it progresses. Um, so the, the, the last thing really on the news I have this time is the, the resurrection of the women's tag titles. Uh, they are now back in play. Vacant is no longer the champions. Uh, and the new champions are Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Uh, they bested Io Sky and Dakota Kai in the tournament finals to take the Vacant titles. It's the first titles on the main roster for Raquel and for Aaliyah. And very well deserved for me. Um, particularly Raquel, big fan of her. Um, Io and Dakota probably would have been an obvious choice for, for the new champions. But they're really heavily invested in the um, the Raw Women's Title um, storyline going forward now, which, which is clearly going to play out with with Bailey and Bianca. And having, for me anyway, having Raquel and Aaliyah have these titles, it kind of opens the door a little bit for maybe some of the women a bit a little bit lower down the card. So hopefully we'll get some more widespread stories rather than harking back to when Sasha and Bailey had the main titles and the tag titles. Um, but we shall see. But with with the return of the women's tag titles, I don't think it'll be too long now before we see Naomi and uh, Sasha make that make that sort of ever promised return. Now it seemingly keeps getting mentioned every ten seconds. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it for the news this time around. Um, just before we go into the uh, predictions, we'll just take a minute to say thank you very much to those of you who have jumped on the subscriber competition. Um, I have seen some so a little bit of movement in the last few weeks on the subscribers, so thank you very, very much for that. So for those of you that have, you are now safely in the draw for one of these because they have finally arrived. If you're not watching on YouTube, get yourself over. Um, so yeah, like I said, we have one for um, the new subscribers since we launched the, the competition. And we have another. So if you've been in for been subscribing for a while, you do have a chance, a second chance as well on one of those. So the Alexa Bliss pops are in the house. They are waiting, just waiting to be given away. Um, so if you're not aware of how to do this, get yourself onto YouTube, have a little search for the old cookie cast, and just click the subscribe button. And then click like on as many videos as well if you want while you're there. And then share it with all your friends and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, so Clash at the Castle this weekend feels like it was booked a hundred years ago at this point and even though we're only a matter of days away it still feels like a long way away to me I can't really compute the fact that there's a stadium show with over 60,000 tickets sold at this point happening at the weekend I'm probably not computing that for the fact that 
me and Matt brought up, got about a five and a half hour drive first thing Saturday morning as well, which is a little, little, little bit of a no, not a worry, but you know, it's not gonna five and a half hours at that time in the morning. Great, great. Uh, but yeah, it is a first for the podcast because it is the first pay per view premium live event that we've covered where some of the members will actually be in attendance live, so that is pretty good. Um, so WWE is heading to Wales, and for those of you that have been sleeping under a rock, it's the first stadium show since SummerSlam 1992, and I'm way too excited about it. Um, I saw a thing that said it was the first one in 30 years, and I was like, that's got to be a typo. I can't believe it. And they were saying like there's been like little shows here and there and stuff, but it's the first actual show in 30 years. Yeah, so they did. They used to do like UK only pay per views because some of my first uh, forays into going to see it live, um, it w- it was always like either the tour leading up to the UK only pay per view, which would be like Rebellion or Insurrection, or actually going. I've, I've been to Rebellion in Manchester in two thousand and two, and then Insurrection when it was in Newcastle in two thousand three, possibly. I think it was. Um, so, but they they were only ever put out as like almost like DVD extras. It was like the ones that shall not be spoken of, and on the, in the main sort of story arc. If if a title change happened on those cards, it generally then was changed back again by the end of the the, the same show. Um, obviously, the, the hardcore title was notorious for that. Um, I believe the fir- the first ever show that I went to was a house show at the NEC in Birmingham, WWE show, obviously. And the hardcore title was on the card that night. It did change hands approximately six times. And the first person, well, the person who walked into the match's title holder, walked out of the match's title holder. So obviously those were never recorded as official official reigns. It was just for the crowd in attendance. Stuff like that used to happen all the time on those shows. But this time is different. So if a title changes hands, that shit sticks. Like that is that is going to be on TV. Um, for the whole world to see, um, probably at some really weird times for the Americans, but you know, for once, see how we like it. Um, and go on. I, 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 I don't know if I'm jumping ahead and you're going to cover this. It, for the for the people in the UK, it's actually been made not available to all. You still need a subscription to it, but it's not on BT pay per view. Uh, obviously, it's, it'll be available on the WWE Network, but it's actually available on BT Sport One, I believe, just as a as BT Sport Two. But obviously, you need to have the BT subscription to be able to view it. But it's just available on standard standard subscription, no pay per no pay per view or pay per premium live or whatever the word was. So yeah, it is it, as Paul says, it is. Uh, still available on the network, so if you do have the network subscription, you'll be able to watch it on there as well, um, as as it happens. But seeing as me and Matt will actually be there, is that going to help us in the predictions? Nah, probably not. We'll find out next time, eh? But uh, we, we'll get to that. So, um, as always, the match information is taken from WWE.com and is correct at the time of us recording the podcast. Uh, we will get stuck into a six-match card. That's set to unfold in Cardiff's Principality Stadium this coming weekend. Uh, the first match I have on my list is Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. Uh, so The Judgment Day are now back to full strength with a return to action of Rhea Ripley. But could that number yet increase? Uh, the pursuit of Dominic Mysterio hasn't slowed down in recent weeks and the youngster's seemingly growing um, frustration that he's not in this match, having been replaced by Edge. Uh, following his return. Uh, this also um, puts back together a tag team from the early, two, well, 2002-2004 kind of era of SmackDown because Edge and Rey Mysterio have been SmackDown tag team champions previously. So a little bit of a callback there. But also Edge has, has got the beef that he was kicked out of Judgment Day. Uh, Dominic needed convincing that Edge being in the match was the right move and uh, had to be calmed down backstage but still seems to be a little bit of willy warny kind of thing going on but he has agreed to be in his dad's corner this weekend so whose side is Dominic really on and what do we think is going to happen in this match gentlemen Paul do you want to go first I don't know with this one this is a proper 50-50 shot for me 
Um, I'm probably edging on the side of Edge and Rey Mysterio because they might err on the side of is this potentially the last time that they're going to be able to compete in the UK. So I'll just go with them for that reason. Okay. Um, I mean, I have I have something about this match, and it'll come up for another match as well. Uh, but I won't, I won't spoil that just yet. I, I think this is more about the positioning in the card for me because if this match is first, Edge and Rey Mysterio will win. However, I'm not sure it is going to be, even though we're covering it first on the list tonight. I, I think that having particularly Finn Balor getting the win, yes, they're the bad guys. Damien Priest seems to have quite a few links over here as well. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why, but he's, he's been in a lot of the promo stuff recently. Um, also doing a bit of sheep farming in Wales, because, you know, the um, stereotyping department at WWE have uh, been going into full overdrive. Uh, but I've just, I think this is a Judgment Day win. And I think it, it might be early, maybe, but I think that they've teased this kind of Dominic Mysterio stuff for, for long enough now. So if it's going to happen... It's going to be this weekend, so I'm I'm going judgment day. Andy, I've got uh, I've got Edge and Rey Mysterio for this one. I feel that Edge getting kicked out, it's kind of like a that that grudge match thing. Um, the the thing about it is though, even though I picked them to win, I I do agree with the Dominic stuff. I think. That's probably been going on a little bit, little bit long now, so it's probably time to make the move on that. But I'm still saying Edge and Ray to win, so I'm a bit. There, there is, there's definitely a scenario whereby the Edge and Ray could win the match, and Dominic gets frustrated even more with that and flips out afterwards. There's yeah, that's that. kind. That's kind of what I was thinking. If I had to, if I had to pick something, that would be what I would pick. Um. Because, yeah, the, the Dominic thing has been going on a little bit too long now. So they need to pull the trigger. Otherwise, it's going to lose any major impact. So. Okay. All right. So you are in the books on Matt to, to round us out on the first prediction. Who are you going with? I'm going to make it a 50 50 split. I've gone with Judgment Day. I think it's going to be. I don't think he's going to. You know, we've been kind of. Obviously between us, I think at some point, we've all tried predicted something with Dominic at some point, what I think will happen is he'll cost them inadvertently in this one, because he said, oh yeah, I'll be in your corner, and he'll do something inadvertent, and then he'll get back, you know, a bollocking from his dad, and then at that point, he'll do some kind of, so it'll be a future kind of turn, but it'll be a kind of, he'll do something at some point within it to cost them the, the match but an inadvertent one kind of thing but a, a judgment day win okay so when I said will it will we fare any better for being there in person me and you have predicted the same the people who aren't going to be in attendance have predicted the same so this is lending <laughs> very well straight into, the, into that theory uh, so right before we move on to the second match on the card we will just take a very very quick break so if you blink you will miss it and we will be right back Recording in progress. See, you blinked. You missed it. We're back. We're back already. Uh, and we are diving straight into the second match on our list, which is the intercontinental title match between Gunther, defending champion, and Sheamus. So this match, for me, could steal the entire show and could even be featured first on the card. Um, three, three words for this one. Big lads wrestling. These two absolute behemoths will be looking to take chunks out of each other this weekend with the chops of Walter. Uh, 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 sorry, Gunther going up against Sheamus's ten beats of the Baron. Gunther is definitely a man on the rise in WWE and has looked somewhat unstoppable since his call up to SmackDown. However, Sheamus only needs the Intercontinental Title to become a Grand Slam title holder in WWE. It's a title that he's put out there. That he wants. It's, it's one of the ones that's kind of taken a long time to, to get him in the position, whether he's been on a different show, whether he's been too high, too low, whatever, on the card. It, it's seemingly taken a long time to get him to this, this position. 
But neither men, uh, neither man, sorry, will he will be alone either. Seeing as Gunther seemingly carries along Ludwig Kaiser and Sheamus carrying along the brawling brutes. Is anybody going to play a role in that this weekend? Do we think? Or are the two big lads going to take care of business themselves? I guess we'll find out. But the, the the only other question is how much is Matt looking forward to seeing Ridge Holland in person once again? Oh, God. Uh, do you know what, Matt? You can go first on this one if you want. <laughs> I've gone with Gunther for this. It just seems early to take it off him. You know, I know... I, I wondered a bit about it because obviously Seamus with kind of tenuous links to the UK kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I was kind of like, it's a bit it's a bit of a stretch, you know, even with that kind of thing, whereas you could kind of, both of them, you could say, oh, well, you know, but obviously with Gunther being NXT UK champion for however long and all that kind of thing, I think they'll go with him and stick with him and kind of continue to build him to be, and taking the taking the Intercontinental Championship off him so quickly mm. would seem counterproductive. Well, interestingly, we have gone the same. So again, the people in attendance have picked the same. Um, this, however, is the other one that I was talking about. When I think if this match is first, that's the only way it's, that Sheamus is winning. So there is that there is that option. Uh, but yeah, I have I have for the record gone for Gunther. Uh, Andy? So, you know how you guys are in attendance and you've gone the same way? Just uh, just pop me down for Seamus, yeah? <laughs> You're just going to do this, right? We're going to make Andy go first next. So, because so it's just out of pattern. There's going to be a pattern with this. All of my predictions over the course of the evening will largely err towards the side of it's in the UK. It it. And I think that the way to take things is to lean into that. And like you say, it might be tenuous, but I think they're going to lean more on the fact that Seamus has, has never had it. So I think that's, that might be the bigger pull. Well, we'll see. I hope, I hope not, purely for the prediction stakes now. But yeah, so yeah, you are in the book, Seamus... As predicted by Mr. Andy Cook. Sorry, defending champion Andy Cook. There you go. Uh, Paul, do you want to round us out on this one? Uh, we've, we've got we've got our second consecutive 50-50 split on this one. Uh, and I'm just I'm just gonna reiterate what Andy said there. Obviously, there's been big changes at the top, but it's still WWE. There's still you know the same. A lot of the same people there that like to sort of tinker around with the uh, the history books and stuff like that. And uh, if they get a sniff of something that could be uh, added to the uh, you know the record books, don't think they won't take it with both hands. Uh, and if this is a case of like like you said, Sheamus needs the Intercontinental Championship to complete the Grand Slam. I think we know what's happening. Yeah, Gunther's going to win. You're right. So. Um... I have put you down for Sheamus again officially, so fifty-fifty split on that one. Um, I do obviously because I'd thought about it, depending on the match position. I do definitely take the point, and I think that Gunther, as, as a heel character particularly, would be probably better in the chase, maybe. Um, and there is that option. I am worried about that, but I'm still I'm still going Gunther purely for the hot potato element. As, as well, I think of the, of the people that are going to challenge you. Sheamus is like he's a legitimate like threat, I'd say. For like the, the for the sort of like the way that he's been portrayed in the time that he's been there. It's not like you know, I mean like you can argue like if he was to face someone like like a like a Tyler Bate, then not there, yeah, fair enough. You've got the argument that he's about half the size of the well, not anymore, so as long as he's he's been on the he's been on the diet, hasn't he? But um Sheamus is potentially bigger than him. Maybe I, I don't know. Taller, um, he probably looks about the same from like a build perspective, if not larger. So it's it's a legitimate threat, and I don't know. I think I, I can. I think at least one, one if not two titles will change hands because they want to send the the, the, the crowd all happy, don't they? So 
this is an easy one to go, I suppose. Okay. Well, possibly a little bit of foreshadowing there, but we shall uh, we shall see. All right. Third match on the card. I've got the uh, six-woman tag match between Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. And in probably the as we discussed earlier, the most shocking moment at the SummerSlam, Bailey made her triumphant return, but wasn't alone. Dakota Kai has returned, bringing Io Sky with her after being called up from NXT, and they're looking to take control of the Raw Women's Division. Uh, they immediately targeted Becky Lynch and Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. And Lynch seemingly turned babyface to assist a SummerSlam opponent um, in, in fending off the new group. But the numbers game did prove too much on the night, and Bailey and her new group had the final say. Since then, Becky's been out of action with a horrendous shoulder injury. The pitch, I think, I don't know if we probably broached this last time, maybe, but the pitches were gross. She effectively dislocated her shoulder mid match, really, really toughed it out to stick that final bit through as well but yeah since then Asuka and Alexa Bliss have stepped into the breach and joined the EST EST of WWE in her battle but which team takes control in Cardiff Uh, Andy seeing as I said you could go first just (laughs) you can go first I'd like us all to say it together boys so come on say it with me there's absolutely no way (laughs) Bailey's not winning this one, and her cohorts. Okay, is that is that official? Am I putting you down for for Bailey? And official. Tal? Official. Okay. Uh, Paul. For the third game in a row, or third match in a row, I uh, I agree with Andy. They've only just put them together. I know you can say the same for uh, the the Bel Air team, but. You can't, you can't bring it. You can't bring Bailey back like after what a year and a half out and beat her straight away. That just seems very counterintuitive. And for the first time on this episode, we also agree on that one as well. So three, three things. <laughs> right. So Matt swoops in here and takes the other team for the points, doesn't he? Clearly, we all know how this works. <laughs> I'm not. I've gone. Make it a full house. I've gone Bailey. Um, Kai. Bailey Kai's guy. <laughs> Bailey Kai's guy. I like that. Uh, the, 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 I mean, the, the reason why I put the control bit in the, uh, the, the match right up was that they've kind of teased that as a potential name, um, for the group. They need to hurry up and get it out because it's a lot. It's a lot of effort going through the full list of names every time. Um, and it would be a good name. I'd be okay with that. Uh, so yeah, that was nice and straightforward, clean sweep. We have all gone for Bailey Kai and Sky. Um, oh, Kai and Sky, they could hack back to the Kai and Ty days. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know when stuff just falls into play. <laughs> so um, the, the fourth match on the card is Riddle, or now as we can call him Matt Riddle, but although we do have to stick with Seth. Freaking Rollins. Uh, this is the match that we were supposed to get at SummerSlam, but now Matt Riddle's medically cleared. We're getting it in Wales instead. The war of words between these two has really escalated in recent weeks, and it's well documented that these two have had a few personal issues in the past. We talked about it on the build-up last time. Uh, it's revolving around the comments that Matt Riddle had made regarding Becky Lynch, the uh, real-life wife of Seth Rollins. Well. Why have certainly made it into the conversation this past week on Raw as well. And if you haven't seen it, go find it. Riddle remarked that Lynch was the man, the only man in that marriage. And then Rollins fired back with at least his wife hadn't taken the kids and left. Wow, that escalated real quick. Um, they've, they've gone to town with this one as well, because there's been a bit of footage of them fighting in the car park that wasn't filmed on WWE cameras. Not telling me that that wasn't set up still, but um, I, know, it, I, 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 watched, I was watching that and I was like, yeah, yeah, I've filmed stuff with my iPhone. It always comes out in great HD quality video that you can watch. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. If it wasn't WWE's, then maybe it was ABC's <laughs> or whoever else's. Uh, the other Jesus thing, I think the main Christ. thing. 
that you couldn't see cameramen in the car park that they were fighting in because it had been filmed from above and zoomed in. So basically, you couldn't see <laughs> in the car park. So, but yeah, it, they're making an effort with this one. So um, I'm I'm quite happy that it's it's almost like they're trying to add a little bit of realism back to it because they're they're playing on the fact that these two have had beef for a while. Um, again has match of the night contender written all over it but will just entirely depend on i guess where the line is is like is it real is it not are we going to get them going into business for themselves are we not but surely that just shows it's well put together if if it's leaving people asking questions but who's going to leave cardiff with their hand raised so i'll dive in on this one straight up matt riddle um i think that again we've talked about this before on the podcast a loss isn't really gonna gonna hurt Seth Rollins too much. Um, Riddle definitely needs it. He's starting to lose that little bit of momentum, having been separated from Randy Orton now for, for such a period of time. Um, so I think it's probably more important to let him get the win. And if it isn't a win, then he definitely needs to have the upper hand by the time he's left. But I don't think they're going to turn him heel either. So I've, I've purely got Matt Riddle to win the match. Uh, Paul? Um, yes, I too have uh, picked Mr Riddle for this one. Just uh, just briefly before we go to the next person, um, it, this was covered on a podcast a couple of weeks ago that in, in, a, in a live event they, uh, they had the poster up um, for WWE coming into town uh, and they'd obviously misread how uh, one, of the, one of the guy's names was, uh, was pronounced. As uh, they said, that scheduled to appear was uh, Seth Franklin Rollins, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Uh, but yeah, Riddle to win this one, like you said, he's kind of losing a bit of steam. Um, and I just, for some reason, I just think that if, if they could do it in a way where, if they could start early in the afternoon and go into the early evening, they'd have him either come out or win the match up. 20 minutes past four just to see if anyone picks up on it or maybe he might win the match in four minutes and 20 seconds regardless oh, that. exactly well you say it was steam that is losing it I'm not sure it's the smoke um, anyway uh, Matt do you want to go I've gone with Rollins So not only do we have a difference in a difference in opinion, it's a difference between the attendees. So we're not going to get a, uh, a matching score. Uh, okay, any particular reason? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that he's more of a crowd favourite than than Riddle, um, and like the whole kind of Seth freaking Rollins. Even though I hate that kind of side of it, I think a lot of people like the character at the moment. Um, and that's a bit of a kind of because obviously the moment it's gone kind of more against that um, yeah so just more of a kind of nod to the fans kind of thing I think okay Andy to round us out um, I am with Matt on this one I have also got Seth freaking Rollins winning um, I was very much with you uh, when you were saying that um, Seth Rollins can afford a loss uh, Matt Riddle uh, will uh, benefit a lot more from a win, but I'm also very much with Matt. I I honestly think that this this UK show is just gonna go for the biggest bang they can get. They want to tear the roof off with this one. Uh, I I feel that they're, they're trying to make a bit of a like potentially if they do it right they could make like a real cornerstone sort of event with this, and the way to do it is to pander to those elements so like Matt was saying Seth's potentially that bigger draw so having him win is probably going to do a lot with the crowd I've got you down for Rollins so that's that one sorted just just on a couple of things that you said there I'm just going to slightly go off on a tangent you mentioned blowing the roof off it has been confirmed that the roof will be closed on the stadium on Saturday Um, not because it's due to absolutely piss down which it is um, but mainly because um, they've gone for rigging from the stadium rather than having pillars to obstruct anybody's view, which I'm quite happy about. Um, and the other thing as well about making it a bit of a, like a cornerstone, like 
what do we think? Like, is is it a one-off? Is it because it's thirty years since SummerSlam '92, or are we actually going to get one of these every year now? Uh, I I don't know. I, 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 maybe not every year, but I, I, you'd like to think that they'd, they'd leave it less time than thirty years before coming back to do another one. Um, there's also the problem of like oversaturation. You don't want to. I mean, they already come over twice a year anyway for the tours. So it's not as if we've not seen the wrestlers live in person for, you know, forever. Like, like literally, it's not, it's not like it's literally been 30 years since they've been over in any guys. Um, but at the end of the day, it'll, uh, the, the one thing that will dictate whether they come back again will be the... Um, mm-hmm. the Yankee dog boy. If, if, they, if they set, like, ridiculous gate receipt records and stuff like that then they'd be stupid not to try and do it as as often as will dictate well based on what they've then they're uh, taken away for staging and such I've, I've seen sort of rumblings of um the sixty nine thousand <clears throat> for um for like a, a capacity but i think they're about four thousand short of that um it came off nope. the back Ah, uh, they'll paper it. They'll just they'll just give it to kids in the uh, in the local area, won't Well, there's there's rumblings that this is why Ticketmaster haven't yet re- released the the tickets because it gives them license to then move people around. And as we well know from WWE Live in Leeds, we had tickets for pretty much the back row because we were just being cheap because that's how we roll. Um, and we got moved to the like the first set of the, like the first tiered section, didn't we? So yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you never know, Matt. We might end up a little bit closer yet, but we'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> if not, bring your binoculars. Um, I think the, the timing's interesting because the timing is kind of in line with, like, the NFL games and, like, listening to podcasts in America. A lot of people have enjoyed the, like, not, not everybody enjoys it, but they like the fact that the NFL games are on early. Kind of like it's like you wake up. NFL games on now. I know that a premium live event or whatever um, is a bit longer than an NFL game, not by much, but you know. Um, uh, so that might work well, and if that goes well over in the states, that you know you can watch the wrestling and then kind of you know have an afternoon and go out with your family and stuff like that instead of like having to wait till late. Then people might be a little bit more kind of. All oh, right, okay, then we'll do this more often if we get it once a year. It might get rotated around Europe as well, so it might be a little bit more kind of following the NFL model of like, you know, they perhaps put one in Germany or something like that to kind of fix it, fix in with the stats. So it might be one year in Britain, one year in in uh, in Germany, um, and, and however else kind of thing. Um, painting themselves into a corner though now because they now have to find exclusively places that have the castle next door. <laughs> well, I was going to say. I mean, like, let's be honest. They're not exactly going to be short of takers, are they? And if, if they get into a bidding war of people that actually start, you know, applying to have the Europe-based pay-per-view, then you know you've got Munich's got a massive stadium. There's a couple of like big, big massive ones in Milan. Well, not a couple, but there's the there's the big one in Milan. There's you know. Madrid, Barcelona, you've got, you've got plenty. When I was talking about it with Sarah, and I, when I say when I was talking about it with her, I mean I was probably talking at her about it, let's be fair. Um, she then did say, why, why have they not held it in Germany? That seems like loads more central for like all of Europe. And I'm like thinking, I have to drive to Cardiff on Saturday morning. I don't want to drive to Germany. Anyway... By the back. Ironically, you could probably fly to Germany quicker than you could drive to Cardiff. <laughs> anyway, we've, we, like I say, we digress somewhat. We, we do have two more matches to cover. Um, so we will dive back in to the SmackDown women's title match, which is Liv Morgan going in as champion against Shayna Baszler. Let's be fair, this story is still all about Ronda Rousey. Since losing the title to Liv, Ronda's continued to act like an entitled bitch, for want of a better, for a better word. I mean, I wouldn't say that to her face. Uh, but she's gone too far with submissions. She's attacked officials. 
got herself suspended and paid the fine and blah, 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 blah. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. That's all it's been. Very little mention of either the champion, really, or her challenger this weekend. Yes, Shayna Baszler did win a gauntlet match to earn her place at Cardiff. But you can't argue that that win wasn't straight out of left field. She has been nowhere near the top of any women's card since the Thunderdome days, really, where she held the tag titles with Nia Jax. But she is or was part of the self-proclaimed four horsewomen of MMA, a group also containing one Ronda Rousey. Hmm. Does that mean we're going to see Ronda in Cardiff? Hmm. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, can, can Liv hold on to the title? Is Will Shayna Baszler take it off her to set up some kind of Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey feud, which would probably go down pretty well. Or do we just is it is it just bad guys going to be doing bad guy shit this weekend when it comes to this one? <sighs> see it going, uh, Andy. You can take this one first. Straight away, Shayna. Okay. It's uh, it, it, it seems super random, uh, and I like random. Um, I do think there's. I mean, at the end of the day, the like you say, you're never going to get away from Ronda Rousey being in and around this sort of area. Um, but it's just it's just so random that it's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, do it. So, yeah, I like random, so I'm going random. Right. Uh, you're in the book for Sheena. I have gone for Liv Morgan, and I think she'll either win or retain, I guess, by DQ. I can see, I can see Ronda Rousey turning up. Um think it's going to be more Shanna Hannigan based as opposed to a clean win which is it's a bit annoying because I don't think they've given Liv the best start as champion she seems to be a fairly weak champion to me at this point and it, I find it strange and that the thing like going back to the Triple H thing Liv was kind of seemingly one of his sort of you know the people that he, he was pushing for but then again, Shayna Baszler was a pretty decent NXT Women's Champion under his watch too. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be clean, and I have gone. I have gone for Liv to retain. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Matt, do you want to go next? I've gone with Liv as well. It just seems a bit early to take the title off her, and Baszler was a good NXT champion, but. I don't think it, she kind of fits into like the main roster kind of thing. NXT kind of relied on in-ring kind of stuff as opposed to uh, you know, promos are shocking is, is where I'm going kind of thing. So, you know, I just don't think, it, I don't think she's going to take things forward particularly well, unless they kind of create the for horsewomen of MMA, but then that would be a bit difficult, being as both of the others have been released, and at least one of them are in AEW now, so uh, that might be a little bit difficult. Uh, so, yeah. Okie dokie, uh, you're in the book. So, Paul, to possibly take the deciding vote. Uh, yeah, live to retain for me as well. Um, like you said, it just seems as if she's had a bit of a, dare we say, the big E treatment. Like, he won the, he won the title, not didn't really have anything sort of massive from a storyline perspective as soon as he'd done it. Yeah, she needs a bit She needs a bit of an oomph. She needs a bit of a, a pick-me-up to get her sort of, like, kick-started in the, in the title picture for me, so... Plus, taking it off of this early for a, for a woman who's been nowhere near, like you said, the title picture would be a bit of a swerve, bro. And but then, like you say, she needs a bit of an oomph. Shayna Baszler is currently not that person to to kind of add any kind of credibility to the. Right, not been not been harsh on Shayna. I think possibly she would even admit herself she's been nowhere near that. Say, like I said earlier, the top of the, the women's card for a while. Uh, so yeah, okay. So that does tip it three to one in favour of Liv Morgan. So even though she's had a bit of a stifling run so far, it seems that we are still in support. 
So, this is it. The big one. The first main event held in a stadium in the UK in 30 years. Roman Reigns defending his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against almost hometown hero by about a few hundred miles. Drew McIntyre. A few hundred miles, different country, etc., etc. But... Celtic still counts. WWE do have the potential to release a pop so loud it would be heard across the pond without the use of the network at this stage. Um, am I over this? You're damn right I am. I cannot wait for this match. This is, this, like... I mean, you, you regular viewers that have, for getting over will have seen the Drew McIntyre belt hung behind me. I am... I, at the time that he won it, absolutely made up that we... Yes, even though he's Scottish... Uh, the fact that we had our first British champion after all these years and all the rest of it. So I am very excited for this one. Uh, but these guys do have previous beef dating back to the Survivor Series a couple of years ago and they faced each other as the top champions on their respective brands. Roman Reigns did win on that night thanks to some interference from Jay Uso. And no doubt that the Usos will be in Wales this weekend uh, along with Sami Zayn who is apparently related now to uh, the rest of the bloodline. Um, but but surely, surely they won't pull a screwy finish with Drew almost on home soil, will they? Oh. What do we think? I'm really torn on this one. I keep going back and forth, and apparently I'm not the only one. Apparently the uh, the creative team are doing similar. Uh, I mean, is it ridiculous to think that? They would sort of pull the trigger after what over two years of him as, as being the guy. Exactly two years. I didn't. I see today. I'm sure, it's exactly two years. Oh, I want to say Drew so so bad. So I'm gonna straight off the bat. That's a big call. Right. Okay. You're in. Um. Andy? So I know that we're all in the camp of Roman's got to keep it until he can go up against the Dwayne and, and, and all of that. But, as I've been saying all evening, WWE have an opportunity to make a massive impact with this show. A huge impact. And Roman Reigns winning this match, standard par for the course. Drew McIntyre winning this match. Roof gone. Walls gone. The stadium gone. Cardiff gone. <laughs> and I think just, just a smoking crater. Just a crater. And it's just Drew holding the title. Drew holding the title in one hand and a claymore in the other. Works, and I honestly put, think. It's because he's put his big sword in the ground and it's just gone. And I honestly think. I know. I know where the smart money lies. I know WWE loves certain things, and I know, I know what I should be saying. But Drew McIntyre to win. Okay. I think You're it's in. the You're I think it's the biggest impact that they could have right now. Matt, <laughs> I've gone with Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like the ultimate kind of thing to do, isn't it? Kind of go, well, you know, we could do the big kind of homecoming, all that kind of thing. But actually, what we're going to do is this. And it is, it's, it is the ultimate wrestling promoters, writers, storytellers move, isn't it? That kind of thing. It, it, it could be the big fake out. It could be, but yeah, I think I, I'm going to go with Reigns, I think. Okay. So, again, well documented that I am a Drew McIntyre fan. Made up to see the fact that he's going to be in the main event of the thing we're going to. So clearly I'm going to pick him to win. Uh, but also regular listeners will also know that I am very much of the opinion it is going to be the Dwayne versus the Reigns at WrestleMania next year. And he ain't going to lose it, unfortunately, as much as I would love him to. Um, but this, this for, for listeners that might um, 
head on over to the football podcast as well, you will also know that I like to pick my home team to win, uh, to, to lose sometimes. So this is kind of like the same theory. So I am picking Roman Reigns, but if Drew does win, clearly not going to be disappointed. So it's it's a win-win. I'll either have a point or I'll have probably lost my voice by the time that it's all said and done. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I am going for Roman Reigns to win, which does give us a 50-50 in the main event as well. Um, a good smattering across the uh, predictions board there. So fingers crossed we will have a defining champion and uh, see if it's Andy again, <laughs> if you can hold on to it. Um, but yeah, that is it. We are all done and dusted. There only remains for me to go and pack my bag for Cardiff and uh, prepare prepare for the journey. It will be epic. It is going to be awesome. And I'm probably going to spend way too much money on absolute cat. <sighs> Any other business guys? Anyone got anything else they want to mention? Nothing from me apart from just have a whale of a time, lads. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic event and I'm sure you'll have lots of fun. Thank you very much. And, uh, I obviously will be. I will try and watch live via either the WWE Network or the BT Sport app through my television will set. So. Paul's after some free BT supply after this podcast, mate. Paul, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a fully paid up member, mate. So you yeah. know. Uh, again, just before we go, I will drop a mention for the pop contest. So if you would like a free Alexa Bliss pop, if you would like a chance to win one of those. Get yourself on over to YouTube and subscribe to the Cookie Cast channel. Um, if that is everything, I will just thank you, gentlemen, for joining me once again. And uh, we shall see you after Clash at the Castle. Thanks very much. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another pay-per-view. Sorry, premium live event. Uh, talked about and in the bag. If you have got predictions for this one, send them to us. You can jump onto the website. It's cookiecast.com. There you can find a multitude of different ways to get in touch with us. Send us your predictions. If you haven't subscribed yet, you are not in with a chance to win the subscriber competition. So click that button now. Also, why not get a friend and family member to do it? Friend or family member. Get them to subscribe. Double, triple, quadruple your chances. Also, like, share, and comment. Do everything you want to do with this podcast. Send it to a friend. Send it to a family member. Send it everywhere. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.